Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. We have with us an absolute rock star from Canada. She resides in Hamilton, just about an hour outside of Toronto. And uh, she did a million dollars in GCI in 2020, over 100 plus units. She is on track to do 1.5 million in GCI this year. Mrs. Mary Hamilton, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today. I am thrilled to be here with you, Aaron. Yeah, this is awesome. So I always like to bring people to the platform that I really think people can benefit from. And off camera, we were just talking about how sometimes people imagine that agents like me and you, who are perhaps at a certain level of production and income, that we don't have doubts, that we don't worry about certain things, that we don't have challenges, right? And uh, I've had the good fortune of working with you for a little bit now in a coaching capacity. And I'm aware that there was a specific challenge that I think people would benefit a lot from. And you were somebody that was doing a lot of business from one particular source, and then that ended up changing a little bit. So talk to us a little bit about what took place there. Yeah, that's a great uh, thing to talk about, I agree. Um, So I was doing a lot of for sale by owner business, Uh, like to prospect a lot, and it was probably about 70% of my business at the time. A couple of years ago. And then I got hit with um, a drastic reduction in that and with some issues with it um, that made me have to stop it um, pretty much immediately. And that's when we first connected. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do? Because, you know, I was used to a certain amount of business and then not having to change pretty well, it felt like overnight was, was a challenge. So um, you definitely helped coach me through that because uh, you'd been through a similar thing in, in your past. And I just had to really look at, okay, this is a business where, you know, the fundamentals are there and we can just switch it to whatever other sources we can. And so I just started to look at, um, other sources. I really dug into my COI, my past clients with, you know, I was, uh, I'm 10 years in the business. So I think I was around year seven there. And I thought, okay, well, I can actually start to call these people and develop these relationships. And and I looked at um, a lot of other online platforms that you and I went through and just, and just really started to expand my horizons for those other legs of the table, so to speak, those other sources that I could get business from. That's awesome. So I, I wrote down, and for those that are listening, guys, 70% of her business was from this one source. And you're right that I had a similar experience where um, I did 100 deals when you're in 75 were expired. And I read in a book somewhere where somebody said, if you only have one source of business, you don't have a business, right? So talk to people about like mentally, right? Because accomplishing anything is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. So like mentally, when that stream or source became essentially overnight, just not available to you and the mechanism that you were you know, approaching it, 
like, what did you go through mentally, right? Because here you are, the successful agent, you're doing great. There's a lot of certainty that comes from knowing I can go into the marketplace regularly uh, with this source of business. That's a good question. So first of all, you know, it gets it gets things very real for you. And it really is a mindset game because you have to realize that there really is an infinite way to get business. And so I had to go into that concept that, okay, there's definitely other ways. And this has got to be a blessing in disguise because I need to develop some business maturity here. I can't keep doing the same thing. I do want to grow. I do want to expand. And it's nice to be able to have that flexibility and that versatility so that you're not, you know, I know some um, clients or some friends of mine have one or two, say, developers or people that they rely on such a vast majority of their business, and you can develop some attachment. And it's really, it was a, it was a bit of a blessing in disguise to be able to go beyond that and to look at the other sources and just force yourself to open your eyes. And that's when, you know, almost, I want to say almost instantly, and honestly, I had no clue how it was going to happen originally. I just stepped into faith. And almost instantly, these other areas opened up. It's that whole, you know, what you focus on expands. And and I started to really dig into these other sources. And it wasn't, honestly, when you and I had that conversation, I thought it was going to be, I was prepared for a big downslope and then (laughs) build my way back up. And it didn't happen. It was kind of amazing. Yeah, it didn't happen like that at all, actually. So, and what's interesting is as you were writing this down, what came to mind, because I know when we were talking, we would, we would talk about it a lot, is that things don't happen to you, they happen for you. So kind of asking this question and I would pose it to you and be like, hey, Mary, like, why is this happening for you? Like, how is this serving you in some way? How is this benefiting you in some way? Right, because I'm aware that you had this uh, goal and intention to go in a particular direction, right? And in order to go in that direction and do more volume, actually it forces me to have multiple flows and multiple streams and multiple different sources uh, of opportunities. So it really did serve you in that way. Now, I'm wondering though, because one of the other things we talked about is this idea that money has like an addictive quality. And because of it, we can get addicted to the way that we receive it. So part of what can be really difficult in a transition like that is that I'm not just breaking a habit, I'm breaking an addiction. So talk to us like a little bit about that. Well, and I don't know, you know, how everybody else structures their business or how their main sources are or how they go out and get it. But I was used to being, you know, I go out and I prospect and I find the deals and I hunt for them. And I, it really forced me to take that approach and look at it different ways of getting the phone to ring for me and other ways, uh, just in general, I was really interested what it did. And you just triggered my memory on it is I wanted to really cultivate my neighborhood in my local city. And I'd always been a dream. In fact, that's why I moved to the city I live in now was because I fell in love with it. And I wanted to, to build that business. And so this forced me to look into those avenues to start reaching out in other ways, start to, like you said, not be a secret agent, um, get online and social media and, and all those things. Um, to start developing more of a local presence, which is really what my passion was from the beginning. And uh, so it reinvigorated that and it forced me to actually start doing what I originally wanted to do. I love that. I love that so much. And it's interesting. I wrote down two things here. One is that, you know, accomplishing anything is like 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. So the psychology there was I was telling myself a story that hunting is only in one form. Yes. 
right? Like it's only in me doing it in this way, going and talking to for sale by owners, right? So making that mental like shift to saying like, well, I can hunt in other ways, right? There's other ways to do that. And it's not that one way is better or worse. I think that's also part of it because talk about like overcoming like that judgment piece, because I'm aware that in some circles there's judgment, like that one's better than the other. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, in my circle um, of people that I grew up in real estate, I mean, I'm, uh, it was considered more valuable to go out and find the business and prospect and, and to go out and find it versus, you know, networking or, you know, reaching out in other ways more that was considered very passive or open houses or anything beyond that was poo pooed as, um, a secondary source. So, you know, you're in this environment where you're, um, I guess, you know, fostering these judgments together in a sense, <laughs> like the community. And um, and then you, it actually forced me to step outside of that and see all the different ways that we can build business. And, and you're right. I don't, it is nice to say not one is better than the other. I think it's just what suits your personality, um, you know, what suits what you're good at, what you're excited about, obviously. I mean, and what feels natural to you and just not to... Um, you know, one thing we really learn, and I think we all learn this just in life every day, is listening to our own inner voice and listening to what we are guiding. It's great. You know, you love having, it's so phenomenal to have coaches and mentors and masterminds. And and it's so great to bounce these ideas off everybody. However, at the end of the day, you know, you're looking at your own guidance and inside saying, what is right for me? And never letting somebody else, just because somebody else did it a certain way to really influence you that heavily, because you're always going to put your bend and stamp. And really, that's what clients respond to is the way that Aaron does it or the way that Mary does it. And we're going to attract those people. So just just to be a little bit more um, in touch with that. Yeah. And I think what came up for me as I heard you saying that is to be like a student, not a follower. So like a student is I'm like receptive, I'm pulling in information, but I'm also not like myopic. I'm only I'm I'm pulling in information from many different sources instead of just one. Now, I'm curious because this idea of like what I wrote down as you were saying it, because I know that there was like uh, one of the things I really enjoy about working with you is that like you have very clear like like opinions (laughs) and you will tell me and sometimes there's friction like we go back and forth. Right. So like this idea of coming out of the shadows and I know that there was like friction in that because like in the past, like in your brain, you would be like, hey, like I have these two separate components and I don't like I'm just like I do this sales and I don't want people to know like other parts of my life. And I don't want to be in front of a camera and like that whole thing. So talk about that and 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 kind of overcoming that. Wow. Well, that's the biggest thing I think I've had to overcome. So I wouldn't say I've mastered it by any means. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it's, um, Hmm. What can I say about that? Just learning what people really want from you. And, um, I think it's just in general, a shift, you know, I'm 51, I'm gen X, you know, there's different labels put on different, um, generations, but I'm, I'm very, you know, um, I wasn't really used to people caring about my personal life. And I always was thought that, I would lead with profession and then personal with separate. And so that's been a big shift for me to understand now with social media and with the way that people relate to us. Um, they really do want to know you. And it's so funny because it's a relationship business. And yet um, I was resisting um, showing that personal side. 
because I've yeah. always been the professional, you know, and I love on people and I love loving people. And that's what I love about my job. But, you know, I don't think they really care about me. So, or right, want to learn is, about me, I guess is what yeah, I Yeah. Which is so interesting. Yeah. And when she says resisting guys, she, that's like a soft adjective. <laughs> it was like hardcore, like pushback, like, ah, I don't feel comfortable with this. Right. And what I wrote down is um, like in the past, you would lead with authority. Yes. And what you're learning how to do is like leading with humility and compassion. Like I'm a human, I'm a person, like I'm a mom, I'm like, you know, a daughter, I'm a, I'm, I have all these other components of me and recognizing that like people want to know that they yeah. want to know who they're doing business with. Yeah. And even though it might seem conceptually like, why would they care about little old me? Like they actually do. Right. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's been interesting. Super interesting. So what I'd like to do now is talk to you about specifically how you pivoted, right? So here you are, you have a business that was great. I mean, when all this started to happen, right? Uh, as far as that one source and that not being accessible to you, um, what were you doing production-wise? Like what was your units? What was your income? So it was about, I guess, 30 to 40% less than it is now. So it was around like 70 to yeah, 70 to 80 transactions um, for a couple of years there. So about, you know, in our average was still about the same. It was just maybe around 10,000 per transaction. So, you know, seven, 70, yeah, just made 750 was probably my highest year. For yeah, it's awesome. So we were doing like 70 ish deals, like 750 in income. And then two years later, we're doing a hundred deals and like a million in income, right? So it was actually this gigantic like leap, like a meaningful leap. So um, as far as when you were there and then we had, and then you had to pivot very quickly. So tell people specifically what it is that you began to focus on uh, to make it easy for people to find you. Because I think in the past, yes. your mindset, like mine used to be like, Hey, I'm in the business of finding people, period, end of story. And yeah. we didn't pay any attention, any mind, any consideration, no resources, no nothing to trying to figure out either free or inexpensive ways to get people to find us. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, what I did immediately was I, I got on social media, you know, the Instagram, Facebook. Um, I hired somebody to really just post all of my information there and, uh, and to do that. Um, we were still exploring ideas of, you know, obviously doing videos and reaching out to people that way. I reached out to my past clients more. So I developed an actual system for following up with my past clients. And, um, that happened immediately contacting them, at least, um, mailing out four times a year and calling them four times a year. Um, and then other creative ways of just, you know, being just in general, uh, making a mental shift of instead of being secretive and private about my life, and then I'm the professional agent to just kind of letting it all um, be mixed together, you know, and, and part of that, Aaron, and I hope I'm making sense is, you know, when I'm going from private to public, you know, now this allows me to be more in my neighborhood and more just, you know, if somebody sees me at the grocery store, and I'm like, happy to see them. So I'm just, um, it's just a nice uh, I was just more consciously open to being discovered in my community. And um, what else did we do? So yeah, contacting the database and the COI was really big. And getting up, you shared with me to get my reviews up and to get more presence online. So we started 
asking for Google reviews and starting to get that, you know, they always say third party independent verification, you know, when people are searching me. So people, you know, when they search me, we do have a presence and there is something there. And we've definitely through the reviews gotten some business. Um, yeah. And just keep uh, building um, the online marketing. Yeah. And a presence like becoming like both the digital and the physical mayor of your town, which happens to be called Hamilton, Hamilton, which is nice. <laughs> Mary Hamilton, the digital mayor and physical mayor of Hamilton, which is wonderful. So I wrote down a couple of things here, right? Like social media, obviously, and people recognizing that that's a thing. It's like real, it's legitimate. There's a lot of eyeballs there. And it just makes sense to have some sort of presence there and be intentional about it. Not like whimsical, but really intentional. Uh, utilizing videos in what you're doing, right? And I'm aware that there was a little bit of resistance in that, but you yeah. do it and you're, you're starting to do it more often, which is great. Yeah. Being intentional about past client centers of influence, like touching them regularly. Now, I'm curious prior to this, because you were so maniacally focused on one source, were you neglecting them like, like in a major way? Yes, in that I never spoke to them ever again. And it was so interesting because now through having this ongoing relationship with people, it's unbelievable the business that you leave behind. When they say they're your personal gold mine, it is just so true. It's unreal. And even now that I have um, you know, a buyer's agent and somebody that helps me, where it's a it's a very holistic approach that we've taken now which is, you know, and I'm learning a lot from just the buy side, you know, I sell somebody's home and then, you know, they're going to renovate it. And then I find out eight months later, they're ready to sell again, you know, and we weren't following up with them before. And maybe I would see that it would sell, or maybe I wouldn't even notice. And now we've got the buyer following up and just, just really nurturing these long-term relationships that are turning into a lot of, and I can see the potential, like a lot of transactions. A hundred percent. And what I wrote down about that, because I remember we had a uh, an in-depth conversation about the buyer's agent because the yeah. tenants, the, oh tenant, <laughs> the tendency in the past was like to oh, like, this is like income and like, I don't I don't know. And I don't know if I want to give it up. And like, so talk a little bit about that. about that Because that one's a good one, I think. Yeah. So I, I don't know, Aaron, if it was over a year, <laughs> but it was a long time. God bless you. <laughs> Where you would say, I would, we had this conversation over and over again. So, you know, let's say I would do 80 transactions, 20% of 20 of those transactions were a buyer that would just fall on our lap and we would double end it. So I really had no effort at all to get that, that 20, those 20 deals that, you know, which would be about 200,000. And so I had this block in my mind that, you know, in order to hire somebody else to make that up, they'd have to do 40 deals if I'm splitting 50-50. So my math, and I just would say it to Aaron over and over again, and you were trying to get me to understand, yeah, but you're freeing up your time, you're giving somebody else a job, and you're allowing you to do what you want, and then you can hire another one. And then you can, and oh, it took me a long time to just that lack thought about I was losing. And the once I realized I was just because I love helping my clients um, expand their lives. I really do. And I thought, you know, you got me to realize if I just shift that into other agents, like who else could I help? I have all of this potential and all these leads I could give somebody. And when I just flipped it in my mind, um, it really opened, opened things up. And, uh, and it's just amazing when you, re in retrospect, I go back and think how resistant it was for so long to that. 
<laughs> yeah, like hard, oh. hardcore resistant. The calls would end. She'd be like, okay, Aaron, I uh, got to go now. Bye. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'm very honest about it. Yeah. So, um, and what's so interesting about this is that we've talked about too, how I really view business as not like a material journey. I feel like it's a spiritual one. And right. it's like this, this evolution of instead of wanting to hoard right? Like offer myself, which is fine. It's normal. It's natural. Like we all do it. It's our normal tendency. Instead, it's to like open up and say like, Hey, there's more, there's way more than enough. And by creating this opportunity, again, we went from 750 to a million. Yeah. Right. It's just like, like, and and then what happens is, is all of the ancillary businesses that takes place because of the fact that there's a buyer's agent helping them. And then they're like, Oh yeah, we got to sell. Then Mary gets involved and then yada, yada. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, if you look at it now on this year with 1.5 as a conservative on track, like it really does almost double the business in a couple of years just from expanding that, you know, that concept, my sources and the buyer's agent, boom, you know. Explosion, like, right. So (laughs) that's my wife in the background just popped in. So um, now we also talked about this idea of becoming like the digital mayor of yeah. Hamilton, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 being intentional around that. So talk to people a little bit about like the strategy behind that and why you feel that's important, why we feel that's important. Well, and I and a lot of it's still in the making. So I want to say uh, you know, I don't think it's premature to discuss it. A lot of it is just what I see happening in the next year or so, but obviously everybody you starts their search online and this is where more and more I mean, I think about all the things I do every day. And I, everything is online and I'm not even somebody who I would consider (laughs) online as much as others. You know, I don't go to a restaurant when I'm traveling without ever going on Yelp and seeing, and then checking it out and just all the different ways that we look, look things up and Google. And so I'm just, um, excited and cognizant. I just feel like there is in my area and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's where you are too, Aaron, or just in general, most markets of agents I know in North America there's just this void of this real authority of the area online that that's a realtor. And it blows my mind that it's still like that. I, I have a ton of, you know, our competitors and people in my market that are posting all the time, but it's just the same kind of stuff. And um, it's just this listing, the sale. And I'm just really excited about the idea of, of, um, of showing our town and showing the world how much we love our town and just being really intentional online. I think it's just a tremendous potential for business. It is. And like this idea of being the digital mayor where um, I think because search, it does such a good job with general, it does a very poor job with like very hyper local. Right. So that's one of the ways that we as agents can use that to our advantage to be the hyper local dominant expert of a geographic area right and that that is that's a you you build that through being intentional with digital assets right Right. whether that be like interviewing local businesses in the area whether that be um providing some sort of like value to the community right whether that be having tons of reviews online to where you crush everybody else and that's always surprising to me too like when you go on it's like that's also like a wild, wild west. I feel like, I feel like nobody's really put their flag down, right? It's Where so you could, true. like, there's a lot of agents that are great, but they're just not paying attention to it. And they got like nothing. Yeah. And and you don't know. And it seems as though online, 
do you, would you agree that you don't like a lot of the dominant players, you don't know they're dominant when you're online, we know they're dominant. And then and there's somebody that looks like they may do a thousand transactions and they've done four sales. Like it's pretty random. Don't you? Yes. Find? And it's yeah. so interesting because one of the things that I've learned, uh, I learned this from Greg Cardone actually, where he said known is better than best. <laughs> it seems to be. And yeah. here, and what's interesting is our mindset is like, well, I'm the, author- like I lead with authority. Like I lead with my track record, blah, blah, blah. I'm aware though, that when people look online, some people look like they're doing a whole bunch of deals and they're not. Absolutely. But what I'm aware of is it doesn't kind of matter, right? If the consumer perceives that they are like, that's what matters. So for people like me and you, it's like, okay, well, we do have the track record. We do have, you know, uh, the expertise. We do have the market knowledge and the skill. I need to match that with the presence. So people know. Exactly. Perfect. Well said, really well said. Right. So that people can tell. I remember one of our first calls, like I pulled it, I pulled you up online. I'm like, Mary, like, you're one of the best agents in your, like, I can't tell based on what I'm seeing. Like, I can't, you look like any other agent. And that's something that I need to be intentional about because the internet is a real thing. Like people use it all the time. They're increasingly using it more often. They're consulting this before they call people like me and you, right. They're looking yeah. up online. Yeah. We started to notice, I don't know when it was I've, <laughs> over, a, I don't know, over a year ago or two years ago where you know, I would, when I was starting to do this, where I would say to people, you know, check out my reviews, or I would say, you know, Google me or check me out before we come on the presentation. And I did notice that there was that, that authority when I would step in, or even if I would just do a zoom presentation where it was like, yeah, we checked you out. We're ready to hire you. And that was awesome when that started to happen. Yeah. It was yeah. Really- I remember you being, I always find it interesting. Like when I, when I work with clients and I make a suggestion and then they hop on a call, they're like, you'll never guess what happened. <laughs> And I'll be like, what? And you're like, oh man, I pushed them to the reviews and they were like ready to go. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Like, of course they are, right? Because that's what we're doing as consumers. Like you said, when you go to Yelp, you're looking at reviews, you're looking at pictures. And then you're making a decision about who gets the bill that night. Exactly. Like period in the story. So it would make sense for me as an agent to um, be intentional to reverse engineer that. Now I'm wondering because a lot of this stuff for you, we talk about being the difference between being a technician and like being a manager and, and an entrepreneur and they're different. And yeah. me and you by nature are very efficient, uh, very hyper-focused technicians. Like you can leave us in a room, we will prospect all day long. We will like do what we need to do, go on appointments, like perfect. And I'm aware that a lot of the stuff that we're discussing is not technical work. It's really manager work and entrepreneur work, right? So talk a little bit about like making Um, that transition and being okay with putting down the technician hat for a little bit and working on some of this stuff. Oh, such a good question. And and a versatility in anything you're trying to grow in your business. But yeah, for us from that standpoint, it's really comes down to the schedule. Like I have to schedule it in my... um, my schedule. Otherwise I will naturally avoid it. And and it speaks a little bit, I think too, when you're talking about addictions and addictions to types of money and it's the money, the security, and it's even the validation when you're used to perfecting a performance or something and you get reward and you get money for it. And you know, if you do it so many times, you make this much money. It's, it is really, I mean, I love how you talk about that. I've not heard anyone ever say it, but it really is a an addiction you have to break. And, and so you just 
put it in your schedule. You say, Mary, you're not after one o'clock, you're not prospecting anymore. You're going to work on your business. So it becomes working kind of in your business or on your business. A lot of people put it that way. That's how I've sort of looked at it. So putting it in my schedule and setting accountabilities, hiring a couple, hiring the marketing person. And it, and I say to them, you know, you're going to have to hold me accountable for our time together. I actually do that. Otherwise I'll get squirrely and I'll <laughs> resist it. Um, so a lot yeah, of- You'll want to run back to like the technician work. Like- <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I get, the good thing is, is we love, you know, we're all in this business and we all love being around people because we're in this business. So you get a relationship. I, I pick people I like to work with too, so that I enjoy that time together. And I feel like I'm going to let them down if I don't. So those are the two ways I've managed to try and that's, break out of it. <laughs> that's wonderful. So here's my question yeah. to you. So we've made this very uh, wonderful transition. We've shifted from one particular source to now these other sources, right? Everything's going great. It's clicking on all cylinders. We have a buyer agent in place. We're on track to do 1.5, right? Like it's just growing and expanding. So moving forward for Mary Hamilton, like where do you see your personal like areas of growth? Like what's the next friction point? What's the thing that you think you're going to bump up against that's going to be like, mm, right? That once you like work on that and, and work through that, that it'll, you'll, you'll grow to another level. That's a good point. Uh, I think right now what I see in front of me is just what we're talking about, the technician, the manager, um, so for me, it's the growth in the management area and, and as a technician, when you're used to, and I sometimes call it a creative cause I'm from a creative background as well. You're used to, um, you know, whole, doing the whole thing on your own, like a solo artist. So it's being able to, um, give people those other facets and manage them. And, and I think it's just working on growing, um, delegating parts of the business, uh, the better I get at delegating and communicating, um, that's definitely the next facet for me. So, you know, the one agent, you know, we still have a very one-on-one relationship. I've hired a second agent and a nod and yes and no. So it's just, it's being able to develop the role of, of, for lack of a better word, a leader in our team so that I can really um, make sure everybody else is performing at their highest level. Yeah. So this is so interesting. I'm writing stuff down. So like, it sounds like for you, as you continue to grow and expand, it's making a transition from being solely a technician to also being a manager and slash entrepreneur. It's also um, increasing your skill and delegation and having systems in place and having the system be so good that it's not dependent on world-class talent that you can put okay talent in there and they're still going to get a wonderful result because the system is so uh, solid, right? You're, you're literally reading my mind and articulating what I mean to say. Yeah. Systems was a big word for us so far this year. And I it's just, my first job was McDonald's when I was 14. And that was the best job in some ways I ever had because their systems were just stellar. We watched the video. There was only one way to do it. You knew how to do it. You did it. And just, and I keep thinking, I want to have that McDonald's <laughs> solid imprint for uh, plan for a lot of our people. And I've really noticed that when we, um, how we do need to develop that. And when we do, it just flows amazing. So that's right. So. Because what happens is, is then it's system driven instead of personality driven. Absolutely. And, and how like Ray Kroc's genius uh, with McDonald's is that he made it to where 
you could pay a teenager (laughs) and you're going to get the same result. Yeah. And, you know, I like it because it also, you know, I like the people, we like the people that work with us to be happy and you can really see the clear communication and the, and the system really gives them that comfort. And, and, um, I like seeing them happier. (laughs) They're happier with it as well. Yeah. Because it creates certainty for them. Exactly. And certainty makes us feel comfortable. Right. And then I also heard you say this word, which is interesting is leadership. Yes. Like developing as, I mean, you are a leader and just continuing to develop that where now my job is to lead others. So now I no longer get paid for what I do. I get paid because of who I lead. Oh, well said. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then creating, continuing down that path of creating opportunities for others. So instead of me thinking in my mind, like, okay, what's the opportunity for me? It's like, okay, well, how can I create more opportunities for these other people on my team? And then that becomes the purpose and the mission. How can I make Susie on my team as successful as possible? How can I make Christy on my team as successful as possible? Right. How can we make our system so strong that they'll blow up and they'll, you know, have, uh, whatever it is that they want in their life. Yeah, absolutely. And and the way that I articulate that for how I look at it in my little world here is I used to be obsessed with the client having the best experience. And now I'm, you know, now it's just a different level to be able to be obs- well, obsessed with having everybody in the team be able to give the client the best experience. And just building that network out has been very humbling, uh, very exciting, and but very fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. So. That is so awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm so pleased, like, uh, and really, I mean, uh, just so happy that you have made that transition because a lot of people, when faced with 70% of their business coming from one source, just like internally crumble, right? And go back and suck their thumb. You did not do that. It forced you to evolve, right? And you're like an embodiment of that. So, Again, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. If anybody wanted to connect with you, if they have a referral for you, like where can they find the great Mary Hamilton? Um, well, you could just Google Mary Hamilton Realtor and I think we would come up. That would be the best way. All our contact info. I don't even remember my number. <laughs> that would be the best way. Yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody. Yeah, awesome. And she's uh, a wonderful human. She's more than happy to have a conversation with you. And if you have referrals in her area, she will treat them very well and get the job done and send you referral checks. So again, I appreciate you, Mary. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and to work with you. And uh, I look forward to uh, speaking real soon. Yeah, you as well. This is great. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.